we're kicking things off on a Wednesday edition Calgary Flames game day the Battle of Alberta shifts up to Edmonton game seven of eight of the preseason for your Calgary Flames all the action right here on Sportsnet 960 the fan will dive into rosters heading up to Edmonton it is a very young roster for the Calgary Flames they will be heading up to Edmonton to take on the likes of Connor McDavid and other Oilers superstars. Lots of flame stock coming up over the next two hours. We're live here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Brought to you by our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit DLBasementSystems.com. Com. Lots of flames talk on the program today. We're also going to dive into the Toronto Blue Jays. They're on your radios a little bit later on this afternoon. Game two, win or go home for the Toronto Blue Jays after dropping game one to the Minnesota Twins. Also take a look at the opponent today, the Edmonton Oilers for the Calgary Flames. Reed Wilkins, our pal from 630, Chad, going to join us to uh, see what's going on up the road in Edmonton ahead of tonight's Battle of Alberta. Preseason edition Flames and Oilers. Six o'clock, Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg. Seven o'clock, puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call. Uh, we're kicking things off with a bang on this Wednesday. With earlier starts for the Jays and the Twins. We're moving things up Wednesday. Always means a chat with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. He's coming up in just moments. So you can start getting your text in to 960-960 if you're listening live. You want some fantasy football advice, start sit advice, trade values, future moves in dynasty leagues, whatever you need, waiver wire advice, Andy's got it all for you. An early edition of Ask Andy is coming up in just moments, so start getting your text in to 960-960. That's the fan feedback line. It's always open to you here on Sportsnet today, so give us a text or shoot us a text if you need some fantasy football advice. Andy McNamara coming up. In just moments, we are alongside our outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon. Uh, speaking of Andy McNamara, he's on the line, the Atlas Peach and Sports Bar guest hotline for another Wednesday edition. Uh, Andy, how are you, pal? I'm doing good, Logan. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. Getting ready for another exciting week of football. Starting off, of course, tomorrow with Thursday night football. Should be a an okay match. A Bears-Commanders looking like it for Thursday uh, Justin Fields bounced back in a big way. Fantasy-wise, are you buying the bounce back from a rough start from Justin Fields? Hey, yeah, from like a uh, excitement standpoint, it's the week five begins with a whimper, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh Bears and Commanders, eesh. But <laughs> but that's why that's why fantasy football is great because it gives us an opportunity to be invested in games that yeah, real life-wise, I, I I don't know. Um, yeah, like Justin Fields, it was. It was certainly refreshing to see. He was pat like his passing the ball, four touchdowns, one interception. That's good. Now it's about building, right? And this Washington team is kind of weird. It's like they should they're not good. Let's make no mistake about it. They're not good, but they're better than I think a lot of people thought they would be at this point, myself included. Sam Howell has actually uh, Logan become a very fringe, because we're in our first week of buys. Let's not forget that. We got Browns, Buccaneers, Chargers, Seahawks off. So some heavy hitters out there. 
Sam Howell is actually semi on the fantasy radar as a desperation play if uh, you're looking for a QB this week. Yeah, it's an interesting situation in, in Washington with, with Howell at the, at the helm there. They've kind of been a weird team fantasy-wise as well, Andy, whether you look at the wide receivers or the running backs. It feels like Brian Robinson's been the most trustworthy option so far, but is there anybody in Washington that you really must start right now if you're a commander's owner? Boy, I, I still feel you're really capped with what Sam Howell can do, despite the nice-ish start. I think probably Terry McLaurin is the absolute must. Okay. Um, not going to be – and it's too bad for Terry because I feel like his potential has always been capped somewhat by the quarterbacks that he's been had to play with. Um, but, he, you know, he had 10 targets, 8 catches last week, 6 the week before, touchdown the week before that. So he would be the, the must-start. And then, yeah – Probably uh, Robinson would be the one following that. But uh, again, is that am I going to be super excited about starting Brian Robinson? No, but he's going to be someone to get you probably in the low to mid teens fantasy wise, which is it's fine for an RB two or a flex. Uh, so some just some general fantasy questions for Andy that we'll cover in the next couple of minutes here. You can keep getting your texts in at nine six zero nine six zero. Any fantasy football advice you need from Andy McNamara? Ask Andy's coming up in just moments. An early edition of Ask Andy. <laughs> on this Wednesday. Okay, Andy, a couple things to get to uh, around the league. Uh, Jameson Williams ready to play after an injury, stunted his first year, and then a gambling suspension that got reduced. Where does he fit as far as fantasy value goes in this Detroit offense? That's the million-dollar question. And I picked up Jameson Williams last week in two of my leagues just just to get ahead of it as a maybe. Again, it's always good to have a guy that you can or two that you can rotate out and drop if you're not sure, yeah. right? Or you're not going to play. Like Jameson Williams in three weeks, I may very well drop. Or dude could come in with all the talent he has and all the expectations and ball out. And then, oh man, I got this guy for free and now he's a star. And that's those type of moves, those trying to get ahead a week early or being, um, you know, getting ahead of it and picking up players like that is potentially how you could win a league. Where he works in, I'd say this week, I'm not starting him. I'm keeping him on my bench and waiting and watching to see just that. With the draft capital and the expectations, you'd think he'd be worked in a lot more, but we really have to see how he gets worked into this uh, this offense this year. The other wide receiver news that's caught uh, fantasy players across the NFL, uh, Cooper Cup has been activated for his 21-day mm. uh, practice window. He can be activated from the IR, of course, if he doesn't. Uh, come back in that time, Andy. He's out for the season, but we're expecting him to practice and come back at some point for the Rams. What does that do to some of the other early fantasy stars that we've seen out of this Rams offense? Yeah, I think it's uh, bad news for Tutu Atwell, uh, who already saw a bit of a decrease last week. This is what you do. If you got Tutu in your leagues, and myself uh, included in a couple, this would be a time to start before, especially if, if, you know, depending how dialed in your fantasy leagues are, but put two, two out as trade bait, maybe with somebody else, maybe in a package, people they'll look at the numbers, the fantasy points and be impressed, but this is the time to try and sell. Don't give them away. Cause cup could easily get injured again. Yep. Um, but that would be my advice. Try to try to deal them. Don't drop them, hold on to them, but Cooper cup coming back. Um, possibly even as soon as uh, this week, potentially, which would be wild. Um, That's, that's trouble. And you know what, what does it mean for Puka? The the sensation of sensations (laughs) out of nowhere? I don't know. 
I, I hope they don't just drop him and, and funnel everything to Cooper Cup because that guy has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it feels like they could have a nice one-two punch there to help Cooper Cup yeah. out if they if they do. But it, it seems like with Matthew Stafford, there the targets have been largely towards one guy, and that guy's been Cooper Cup the last couple years, Andy. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly it. Does it go immediately back to that? Does yeah. Stafford recognize like, oh man, this this Puka guy's been been balling out for me? Um, or is it a case where you know in some offenses there's enough for for two guys to eat? Yeah, maybe we see that. I just really think the guy who's going to um, benefit the least is going to be Tutu Atwell. Uh, quickly, if you're a T. Higgins owner, any options out there that you like to help replace some of the production that uh, he's going to leave behind? Yeah, and that's that whole Cincinnati offense. Oh my gosh, oh. right? Like Jamar Chase calling out saying, "I'm always open." We know yeah. that's passive aggressive, right? So he's <laughs> yeah. frustrated. Right, like okay, well, Joe Burrow on that count. He's not going to be right all year, Logan. Like he's not going to be right all year. No, with that soft tissue, that is horrible news for fantasy owners because you drafted Jamar Chase. What were we talking about? Like second or third overall? Top five for sure. Yeah, T. Higgins, second round. Joe Burrow, one of the top guys uh, uh, as far as quarterbacks taken. So the question is, okay, where do we go? Right. And really, I think this could be a chance where Tyler Boyd, because it could be a next man up. But, you know, that's in a typical year. This year, Tyler Boyd is capped as well because of Joe Burrow's um, because of his lack of production. The biggest benefit, and it's not a sure thing. And that's what you that's what you always get on the waiver wire this time of year. Nothing's a sure thing. Michael Wilson of the Cardinals, three percent rostered before waivers yesterday versus the Cincinnati Bengals, who are just discombobulated the defense is better than it's shown they're just they don't know what's going on but you look at michael wilson with josh dobbs like logan what a world we're talking like dfs you could you could stack josh dobbs and michael wilson who had that on their bingo card coming in ridiculous nobody Nobody. ridiculous (laughs) right it's it's crazy (laughs) but michael wilson now we so we have to follow patterns i hate doing the one-offs where it's like guy caught two touchdowns on two catches this is a bit different Last week, seven catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns. All right, so we have to see. Can we still count on him if he doesn't have two touchdowns? Well, we've seen the target share and the catches and the involvement with Dobbs week over week improve with Michael Wilson. So that gives me confidence that he's going to keep going back to him in a real spot that could be a a surprising um, winner for people if they take Michael Wilson. Uh, You can tell we're back and ready to go because the text line is buzzing with questions. Let's not wait any longer. Let's get to our week five edition of Ask Andy. You've got fantasy questions. He has fantasy answers. Helping you week by week in the leagues you love. It's time for Ask Andy on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, AMC, the text line's ready to go. Are you, pal? I am ready. Let's go. All right, let's fire it up. PPR, uh, do I trust Zay Flowers or risk it with a questionable Amon Ross St. Brown? Boy, you know, I really like Zay Flowers and what he's bring brought to the table. Um, seeing him face the Browns last week. Guy's the real deal, man. And outside of Mark Andrews, that's who Lamar Jackson's looking for. So I go with Zay. Uh, our pal Robin Warman texting in. Uh, need a defense for this week, Andy. 49ers, Cowboys, or Lions? Lions. I picked up Lions in two of my leagues personally. Don't like the Cowboys matchup. Um, 49ers are always going to be safe. But I think the Lions have a real spot. You see how they've been able to um, jump up the last couple of weeks uh, as far as defense. Last two weeks, 12 sacks, two interceptions, recovered fumble, 
16 and 10 fantasy points over that stretch, and you're against Carolina. That's a smash spot. Uh, Andy, uh, would I be crazy to start Cup and Puka when he returns? The two-wide receiver league, my only other wide receiver, not on a bye right now, Scary Terry. I don't mind Scary Terry this week. I don't mind Scary Terry. Now, look, if we're talking when Cooper Cup has played a couple games, not crazy at all. I think that'd be that that would be great. Um, week one, then we're always in the danger of how what, how much work is he getting? Is he playing a full game? Does he injure himself right away? I would go Puka and Terry against like you're playing the Bears. The Bears gave a twenty-one to seven halftime lead oh. to Denver last week. Go with Terry McLaurin. Uh, keep getting those texts. Uh, texts in at nine six zero nine six zero. If you're listening live, uh, you need fantasy football advice. Send it into Andy. Uh, of course, as always, when we're doing this, if you can give us an idea of who's on waivers, if you're looking for a pickup, uh, you're scoring in your league, all that stuff helps us as we try to get you the best fantasy football advice uh, we can. Uh, Andy, Mostert or uh, a chain, a chain are both uh, flexing over Kyle Pitts. Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> that's how that's how little faith I have in the Falcons. <laughs> Yes, both running backs on the same team. There are very few situations where you would say that. This is one of them. I, I just, I just can't really. If you're not Bijan Robinson, I can't start any Falcons. I, I, I just can't do it. Uh, Cody from Bonus, uh, Stroud, Jones, or Goff for quarterback this week. How do you not like what C.J. Stroud is doing? How impressive is C.J. Stroud? This rookie, right? Like he, he was one of the hot ads last week and um, no turnovers yep. and he's moving the ball and he's finding multiple Nico Collins tank Dell. You beat a really tough defense. We talked about it last week. That was where I was, I was hesitating a little bit. I'm like, eh, I like Stroud, but I, I don't know about the Steelers that you might be exposed a bit as a rookie. Nope. You look damn good. And now you're playing the Falcons. I think this is a, a go for CJ Stroud. I don't hate, the play of golf. Yep. Um, but in that case, I think you got to go with CJ. Another quarterback question for you, Andy, Dak Prescott or Jordan Love this week? Depends on your risk reward. Dak Prescott has been disappointing in what he's been in past years, but has provided a pretty comfortable floor, right? Kind of those high-ish teens, but we're, we're not seeing anything really pop up as far as like really busting out. Um, Jordan Love, again, new youngish quarterback, uh, but he has looked great. Even when they're, when they're losing, like he's put up 19 or 20 fantasy points. He hasn't put up less than 19.64 fantasy points all year. And last week it was when he threw two interceptions Yep. and he still put up 19 fantasy points. So uh, you're playing the the Raiders who just always get in their own way. Uh, I think you go with Jordan Love. Uh, That's what I'm doing in a couple of leagues. So I'm in the same boat there. Uh, Brian Red Deer has got a good problem to have here, Andy. Half PPR league. I need three of these five running backs, so I'll, I'll give them to you here, Andy. I need yeah. Mostert, James Cook, Kyron Williams, Pollard, and Pierce. Give me three of those five. Oh, boy. Nice. Nice grouping. Yes. Uh, we're going with Pollard. If Kyron Williams, he's questionable. Track him. If he's healthy, he's going. Okay. Uh, I'll scratch James Cook and Pierce. Okay. So, uh, Bray, you're going with Mostert, Williams, and Pollard yeah. out of those five. Uh, yeah. How are we feeling about A-Chain moving forward? That one's from Kelly. 
Uh, I'm, last week was it was a question of just that. Where do we get any clarification on who's being used? Is it a full split? How do we look? Well, last week, uh, Shane got two more touchdowns. Okay, hundred over a hundred yards again, and those one-offs, like the two hundred yards in versus Denver, we know that's not happening every week. But you got beat, you lost, and you still got the ball. Now only eight carries, but big gains and three catches. So I think Shane is starting to pull away a little bit. I still think you're going to have both guys and you, you might flip flop weeks too, right? Moster might have a better fantasy week, a shame back and forth. But I think we've seen that they like a Shane and they're going to start giving him gradually more and more opportunities. Lots of quarterback questions this week. Uh, we heard one on Prescott earlier mm-hmm. with Jordan love. Uh, would you go Prescott or fields? Mm, you know what? I would go Prescott like Justin fields that despite the, um, four touchdown game like they're just too over the place and Washington's weird like their defense isn't what it was but they have still that front four can be nasty and if yep. you have a quarterback that's scrambling and not confident that could be a real bad day and, and that last week was his first good game I'm gonna go with Prescott uh how about Debo Samuel or Jerry Judy full PPR Ooh boy we obviously trust San Francisco more than yeah, more than uh, uh, Denver, and you know what? I'm going to say Debo Samuel. Um, slow start to the year, but the last two weeks, over 20 fantasy points. He's got touchdowns in each of those games. Starting to look like there's enough room for everybody. And Arizona, you know, they're not. They've done better and are surprising, but they're not world beaters. So yeah, it's a Debo. Uh, I'm assuming this is a super flex here coming in from Chris. Uh, wondering about uh, playing Burroughs in his flex, Harding, uh, finding it hard to play him right now, obviously. Uh, would you rather go to a Romeo Dobbs or a Calvin Ridley in a flex spot instead of him? Ooh, interesting. Instead of the QB, always dicey. Um, and boy, we have to look at it. Like Joe, like Just like we talked about, like Jordan Love lost and still put up 19 fantasy points. Yeah. Well, Joe Burrow has put up three single-digit fantasy points in three games this year. So I think we got to stay clear until he proves himself that um, his calf is good enough to go. And again, it might not happen. I think you have to go with Calvin Ridley. It's against Buffalo. That's going to be tough, but still with how bad that leg is, uh, I think you, you roll the dice on Ridley. Uh, Michael Wilson, Romeo Dobbs or Calvin Ridley. I'll go with Ridley again. I really like, I really like Ridley and what he's uh, been able to do there. Dobbs has been, um, been good the last couple weeks and week one had a down week, week two, but I'm going to say Ridley. Uh, who do you like streaming quarterbacks this week, Andy? I got Herbert on a bye. Uh, Josh Dobbs, as wacky as that is, Josh Dobbs before <laughs> waivers. I know. Like, like, can you believe we're saying this? Like every this year, we're saying start a guy named Puka, Josh Dobbs, <laughs> 2 2. Pair him with Michael. Well, what, what's going on? That's where we're at, man. Week five. I, I, that's why I love the NFL. There's always some weird stuff. No matter, no matter how much draft prep you do, there's always going to be a Josh Dobbs. You're like, well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to say Josh Dobbs. Again, 5% roster before going um, uh, into waivers this week. That's against the Bengals where they're, they're just don't know what's up or down right now. So he's running, he's not turning the ball over in the air and he's, he's doing good enough. So he'd be my top guy. And after that, if you can't get Dobbs, go Sam Howell, but I'd prefer Dobbs this week. 
Uh, Andy, I'm short on receivers. I got a two-for-one offer on the trade. C.D. Lamb for Godwin and Metcalf. Do I use this to get some receiver depth? Ooh. Well, you know what? The C.D. Lamb's obviously the number one. Um, Godwin's going to give you kind of low teams with some pop from time to time. And I think right now we're seeing kind of the same with Metcalf. So you're kind of doing two WR2s. For a WR1, but for CeeDee Lamb this year, he's only had one game over 20, really over 15 fantasy points. Yeah. So at this point, you know what? And you're playing San Francisco this week? Yeah, I think you make that deal. Double up. I don't think you're going to do any any worse than you get two solid WR2s. And give me two of these. Ridley, Hollywood Brown, Romeo Dobbs, or Jacoby Myers? Give me Dobbs and Ridley. Uh, this one's from Craig. Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence this week? Hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Purdy's done really well real life-wise, fantasy-wise, still a little underwhelming in general. Uh, this one from Mike S. in Calgary, Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? I'm going to go Kirk. Like he's, again, we have to separate like... Winning like, and fantasy, life. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Kirk Cousins could throw 400 yards, three touchdowns, still lose the game and not come up in the clutch. Okay. It's not, you know... So, so good for my fantasy guy. team. Yeah, like last week was a stinker at Carolina. Like last week was a shocker, to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah two picks against Carolina. Come on. But Kansas City, bounce back, likely shootout potential. That's going to be a big week for uh, for Kirk. All right, a couple more here for our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara, on this Wednesday. It's another edition of Ask Andy here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, hey, Andy, I need a flex. Uh, half PPR league, Gabe Davis, Michael Thomas, or DJ Moore? Mm, boy, I don't trust. I, I still don't trust Michael Thomas. It's going to take me like half the year for him to, and, and do everything really well to do that. Oh, uh, you know what? Let's go DJ Moore. Uh, he is definitely Justin Fields' top target. And even in ugly losses and ugly games, he's still getting you. Last week, 27 fantasy points, two previous weeks in the, the mid-team. So I think DJ Moore is the safest play. Uh, Brett looking for a starter at tight end this week, Waller or Hunter Henry? Oh, what a disappointment for Waller. Yep. Come on, man. Oh, my gosh. Should be that the guy sucks. in New York, right? Yes. Who else are they throwing to? The answer is nobody because Danny, Danny Penny sucks. Yep. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, I think you have to go Hunter Henry. I don't like it, by the way. I don't <laughs> like it. You still have two. You still have Gasicki sticking around, and that offense stinks in New England. And that, because I'm still going with Henry – Shows you the state of the New York Giants. Uh, half PPR, Addison or Davis at wide receiver? If it wasn't before the goose egg of Addison last week, I'd yes. say Addison for sure. Um, but I think we have a real bounce back spot for him in a WR3 against Kansas City. So I'm going to say Addison. And I hope the rookie doesn't let me down again. Uh, a couple more for you here, Andy. Standard scoring league. Uh, how do we feel about Aaron Jones, him, Mostert, or Pacheco? I need two spots there. We're taking out Pacheco. Let's do the other two. Okay. Uh, Carter from Auburn Bay. Any running backs on the waiver wire that have your eye, Andy? It is lean, my friends, yes, on sir. the waiver wire. Like, like really lean. <laughs> However, as always, I know I find somebody. Okay. Yep. And this is the guy. So, you know, we're, we're taking this with, this is your flex. You got someone on a buy and you're just popping someone in and, and hoping with a path to success. Jaleel McLaughlin for the Broncos. 4% rostered before the bye week or before the waivers yesterday versus the Jets. The defense is tough. 
But it, again, it, it gets ugly. Here's why for uh, McLaughlin. He was a favorite of Sean Payton coming out of camp. He did look really dynamic. Like he was popping. He had vision. He was planting. He was going he looked good in relief of Javante Williams, 72 rushing yards on seven carries plus three catches and a touchdown. So mixed already into the passing game and he had big chunk carries. So Denver targets their running backs in the passing game, the third most in the NFL. Let's not forget that. So you do get that extra bump. I think you go with uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, all right, let's get a couple in here before we uh, let go of you on this uh, Wednesday, Andy. Aaron Jones, Hopkins, and Pacheco. I need two of those. Eesh. Oh, give me Aaron Jones. Uh, go Hopkins, because I just don't like that Kansas City set. Like, we've seen weird things. McKenna will get two touchdowns. Edward Delaire is still in. Or Pacheco could go off. Too many questions. Hopkins, though, he's going to give you, like, 11 fantasy points. If you're feeling, you know, froggy, you're feeling risky, you go Pacheco. But I would say play it safer and go with Jones and Hopkins. Half point PPR, Ertz or Goddard? That one's from Brad. I'm going to say Ertz. Why, why do we have all these Cardinals? I have no idea. It's crazy. But, but we have to look at it. We have to look at the facts here. And the facts are that Zach Ertz is one of, if not uh, the most targeted tight end in um, the early part of the season. 10 targets last week, 10 weeks, uh, 10 targets week one, eight in week two. And he's, he's getting you kind of what you expect to get out of a lower end tight end. And if you can get double digits, even if it's 10 from a tight end off the waiver wire or, or even on your team, you're playing and he's 40% rostered only you do it. And he's gotten you double digits twice in eight over eight points. Once that's as good as you're going to get. Uh, okay, quickly here, because we've got to get out of here. Uh, three of these four, Andy, half PPR. A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, Jameson Williams. Take out Williams. Uh, someone in my, uh, sorry, Jonathan Taylor, a starter this week, or am I waiting to see what happens in Indy? If you can afford to wait, wait. And you probably can because you've waited this long. Wait and see what does it look like. What's the usage? There's too many question marks. Uh, Justin and Red Deer, Cook or Jones, PPR? Mm, give me some James Cook. Give me some James Cook. That's what we're going to call it for today. Uh, Andy, as usual, more text than we can get to in this segment. Yeah. Uh, love doing this, pal. The good news for you, if you're listening and you missed out on a chance to get your question read, uh, you can hit up Andy on Twitter at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy, or you can check out my Twitter at Fan960Logan. Uh, I've retweeted Andy's Ask Andy tweet for, as we always do here on Wednesdays. Uh, AMC, you're the best as always. Your Browns and my Chargers are off this week, so we can watch football purely for the fantasy value. Yes, yes. (laughs) We can relax a little bit. Always a pleasure, man. Talk to you soon. You're the best, Andy. Take care, pal. You too, man. Bye now. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Every Wednesday here on Sportsnet today, he joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest hotline. One more time, Andy, if you're on Twitter, and he's nice enough to uh, answer all your fantasy football questions there as well. Again, at AndyMC81. Use the hashtag AskAndy or just check out my Twitter feed. Uh, I've retweeted Andy a couple of times there as I do on Wednesdays. That's at Fan960Logan. You can get all the fantasy football advice you need on week ahead of week five, which kicks off tomorrow night with the Bears and the Commanders. We're going to switch from football to hockey next. Flames and Oilers go tonight from Edmonton. Big season coming up for the Oilers. Let's check in with our pal Reed Wilkins from 630 Chad. Get an update on Oilers training camp. See how uh, the Pacific Division rivals of the Calgary Flames are, what they're up to 
uh, ahead of another season kicking off in just about a week's time. That's next as Sportsnet Today rolls on here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Game day for the Calgary Flames. Battle of Alberta 2.0 of the preseason. Up the road in Edmonton tonight for a 7 o'clock puck drop. Flames pregame with Pat Steinberg goes at 6. Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call at 7. Flames Oilers going to be in the spotlight later on this month as well. The Heritage Classic heading outdoors at Commonwealth Stadium. So it seems like a perfect time to check in with our rivals up to the north. See what's been going on in Oilers training camp ahead of the matchup tonight with the Calgary Flames. Very happy to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Check in with our pal from 630 Ched. It's Reed Wilkins this afternoon. Reed, thanks for the time as always, pal. How are you? Well, I'm doing great, and it's certainly an honor to be on the show. Sorry, who sponsors the hotline? I believe it would be Atlas Pizza. Oh, Atlas Pizza. Now, they've been great delivering to the station in the past, but this is a game day. Will they deliver to Rogers Place, or, or might I have to meet them outside? Because they'll need a ticket or some yeah, kind of you'll pass. You'll probably to have in. to meet them outside, I think. Okay. Well, so. I'll figure something out. I mean, there'll be a way to get that pizza in there. Reed. Atlas Pizza. <laughs> Carrying the weight of the pizza on their shoulders. <laughs> Reed, if there was someone that figured out how to get pizza, it's always you, pal. Uh, and we appreciate that about you more than anything. Uh, a couple weeks into training camp now. Regular season's on the horizon. Uh, how's the mood been for the Oilers? What's uh, What's been going on at training camp, pal? Well, I think a couple stories for me, and and first of all is Jack Campbell. He's he's played two games. He's uh, only allowed two goals total, one in each. Uh, I I think you could make an argument uh, both games that he's played. The Oilers probably don't win if he doesn't play so well. I mean, Friday night, uh, uh, pretty busy, especially early in the game, and then. A couple of days ago in Seattle, the Oilers were just overwhelmed in the second period, outshot 13-2, and uh, he kept it a 1-1 game, and then the Oilers eventually won it in the third period. I always think with training camp, you know, for once a, once a team is a decent or good team, that it's the individual storylines more than actually if they win or lose. Yeah. And Campbell's one of the players that he has an individual storyline, like a, a, a fairly poor season last year for the most part. I mean, well below 900 save percentage, you know, had a good burst in January and February and a decent ending to the season, though he wasn't playing as well. So really for him, how was he going to be? I mean, if, if, if we get, it's still possible if we get into December and he's 890 or 885, Oh man, that contract's looking pretty bad, but you know, he's, the one thing I would say that is encouraging and makes me think we are going to see a good Jack Campbell this year is he, he looks different in the net. Like he looks bigger. He looks quicker. He looks more upright. He doesn't look like he's uh, flopping around as much and just trying to rely on athleticism to make saves. And I think that's really positive. And even hearing him interviewed after games, he, he sounds a little more confident. So whatever work he put in over the summer, you know, probably some technique revision, you know, maybe he worked on his health and fitness and I include mental health in there because he does have the reputation of being really hard on himself when things aren't going well. And we heard that in interviews last year, he, he just seems to be different. And I, I know it's just two games, but I do think there's something there uh, that's going to bode well for the regular season. You know, the roster is 
fairly set. There are some question marks, but I, I think another player who's emerged as a, as a positive story is Ben Gleason, and probably not a, a sexy name for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably like, why hasn't he mentioned Connor McDavid? <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I'm not too worried about how the, the big guys are going to perform in the preseason. Yeah. I think they'll be fine once the games count. But Ben Gleason is, you know, into his mid-20s, has only played four NHL games. It was five years ago with the Dallas Stars. He's been in the AHL. He's a good AHL defenseman. He's been really good. Like, he looks confident. He got a couple of assists against Seattle the other night. He doesn't seem shy to make some plays. One of those guys that's really good with the puck on his stick. Now, do the Oilers need that on their NHL roster right now? No, I don't think so. But he's he's still in camp, maybe longer than they thought he was going to be, and uh, maybe one of those guys who's positioned to be a first call up if if they need that type of a defenseman. So, you know, those those guys have been good. Otherwise, yeah, some tinkering with the D pairings. Um, you know, the power play hasn't scored, but it hasn't been their main power play <laughs> most of the time. So I'm not too too worried about that i i think uh you know i think campbell is is probably the biggest uh positive for me so far and correct me if i'm wrong going back to the goaltending read but it's been a it's been an open competition hey like jay woodcroft has said pretty much from the beginning that this was going to be between campbell and skinner as to who got the opening night star right yeah he was asked more about it yesterday and and he did say it's a it's it's he hasn't decided and even if like, why would he like, it's, it's funny because like Skinner, yes, outplayed Campbell last year, but I, I don't think they can afford to keep Campbell like a scrap heap or not scrap heap, but like an obvious backup. You know, Cause it, it isn't like, okay. Like he's the obvious backup Skinner's like great for what Skinner did last year. I think he's going to be a really good NHL goaltender, but I mean, Campbell does have a history of playing really well. So, yeah, now we put a lot of emphasis on opening night sometimes, maybe too much. But I don't think, I like, I think if they're equal, sure, maybe he goes to Skinner. But if Campbell obviously is better in the preseason and, and looks in shape and healthy and energized and confident, then I, I do think as a coach you have to be conscious of uh, awarding that or uh, rewarding that and, and the message that sends to the rest of the team as well. So, yeah, I, look, I'm going to say right now, Logan, I think Jack Campbell will play more than Stuart Skinner this season. And as much as we're talking about Campbell bouncing back and the question marks that might have, well, hey, let's look, let's objectively look at Stuart Skinner. You know, second full year. So sometimes the sophomore season is is hard. Uh, you know, he's got an eight-month-old baby. So, you know, that's a life thing people have to manage while they're still playing hockey. Uh, Teams are going to have more tape on them, right, than yep. they did last year and to try to figure out how to beat them. So I think there are storylines and challenges for Stuart Skinner as well. Uh, I guess you mentioned the roster hasn't changed much, and uh, I, I guess the biggest name that, that people in Calgary would have been aware of that the Oilers brought in was, was Connor Brown, obviously a, a heavy bonus-laden contract for him to make some of the money work. What's your impression of Connor Brown been at training camp so far? I would say as advertised, uh, his the first game he played, especially, you just saw, you know, and Rob Brown and I talked about this after the game, like if you didn't see the number on the back of the jersey, you wouldn't know if it was him or Hyman sometimes. You know, similar sort of bodies, good at protecting the puck. They get to the front of the net. They, they play a little fearless. They play intelligent. 
Um, his second game was a little quieter, though the Oilers didn't have as strong a lineup as, as the whole, so there wasn't a lot of momentum off other lines to build off either. But no, I, I did, we'll we'll see him tonight, and I'm sure we'll see him Friday as well. I think for him, you know, getting making sure the legs are back, the fitness is back after not playing hockey for a year. I mean, the Oilers have kind of said they're going to uh, bring him along slowly, like they haven't thrown him into a ton of preseason games. Uh, we'll see how they manage his ice time once we get into the regular season. You know, he's done some penalty killing in, in the preseason and looked good at that. I, I, I think, you know, if Connor Brown is anywhere near his potential and if, and if he meets or exceeds it, then the Oilers are going to have a really good top six. I mean, we've seen them go over the last four years from really having the big three, just McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Dreisaitl, to having a top five with the addition of Hyman and Kane, and now like a true top. Like even last year, they kind of just had a top five. I mean, they're cycling through, you know, Yamamoto or, or you know, trying other players throughout the season to see who could click. I, I think with Connor Brown, you say, okay, those are actually six top six players. There's nobody who's more of a middle six player that they're hoping can be a top six. And then they still will have the flexibility of putting Nugent Hopkins at center. Maybe Dylan Holloway plays well or could move up. Maybe Ryan McLeod gets some, you know, shifts with different line mates. So that Brown creates a, a really uh, a strong dimension for this team that they've been missing a little bit the last couple of years. Uh, speaking of Dylan Holloway, uh, Reader, you know, as well as anybody going through training camp, the young guys often get put into the spotlight, uh, whether it's more playing time or a chance in front of NHL coaches to make an impression. A couple of the young guys on the Oilers that I guess people would have highlighted, probably Dylan Holloway. You mentioned Ryan McLeod. What about even a guy like Philip Broberg? Are there any youngsters in this Oilers training camp that have uh, made a significant push in your eyes? I think Holloway has been very good, Logan. He, I, I think we're seeing him taking a step forward in his game. Now, I, you know, I know he had a good preseason last year. He got a hat trick in one game, uh, struggled out of the gate, you know, had some good games. And then he got hurt and missed a bunch of time. But he seems like he's starting to figure things out. And you can almost, you know, I always, I always sometimes talking about confidence can be a little dicey because you can't feel what a player is feeling, right? And I mean, I'm sure you've interviewed guys who said, oh, man, you say, like, what a shot, or I can't believe you hit that three-pointer. And like, oh, yeah, I, I thought I was going to miss. Like, I was <laughs> yeah. so off balance, you know. But, 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 but I think with Holloway, you see a little bit of that the game has slowed down for him. You know, like he, he knows when he has a little bit more time. He, he knows how to get to the front of the net. And, and I think he's starting to figure out how to get his shot off. I mean, he, he has scored a couple of goals, but he's, he's been around the action a lot, which I think is encouraging. And I think some of the other um, younger players, you know, Raphael Lavoie is still in camp. Uh, Xavier Borgo had a nice game against Seattle, scored a couple of goals, but then got sent down. But I think sometimes with the younger players, you, you don't see them in the thick of it. Like they haven't figured out how to get to the scoring area or they want to rush the puck, but they don't realize how much harder that is against, you know, say Adam Larson, who negated Lavoie on a rush the other night, you know, as opposed to a junior or an AHL defenseman. But I think Holloway's starting to figure that out. And he could be a bit of a wild card here, right? Because if he starts to, to play well and push, then like I said, does that give the orders like a, a top seven, you know, and then you can split up some of the big guys uh, even further. Reed Wilkins along with us from 630 Chad up in Edmonton. Uh, talking all things Oilers 
Head of another battle of Alberta against the Flames tonight from uh, Rogers Place in Edmonton. What uh, what has caught your eye maybe in an unexpected way, Reid? There always seems to be uh, a name or two. You mentioned, obviously, uh, uh, Gleason was a name that has caught your eye. Was there anybody else in training camp so far that maybe has surprised in a good or a bad way? I would say maybe this isn't so much a surprise, but a, a question I was hoping to have answered maybe more than it has been. And that, and you asked about Philip Broberg. I, I'm still no, look, he's a first round draft pick. He was drafted eighth. I mean, that's higher than than Bouchard, who's obviously you know we know what he's going to be. Yeah. I'm still sort of waiting to see what Philip Broberg's dimension is going to be, and I don't mean that he he doesn't have one or that he's you know a bust by any means. I, I'm just saying, you know, most players is obviously they're good enough to play in the NHL, but a lot of guys you could boil it down to a a word or a phrase where it's like, okay, that's what he brings. Like, yeah, he might be good at other things or he might do this, but you know, this is what he brings. This, this is who he is. I, I don't, I was hoping to maybe start to figure that out with Broberg. I don't know if it's quite there yet. And I also still wonder Logan, if maybe that's a, a good thing, like maybe his dimension is, yeah, you know what? Halfway through the season, he's going to be averaging 18 minutes of ice time and he'll have eight points and he'll be plus eight. And most nights, it's just a quiet night for Philip Broberg. You know, maybe, maybe that is going to be his dimension, right? Just that that solid, dependable guy. Uh, he's probably going to be paired with Matthias Ekholm, who we've yet to see play in the preseason because of a hip flexor. We saw what Ekholm did for Bouchard last year. And maybe that's, you know, Ekholm is kind of like the the liberator. You know, he's so <laughs> steady and dependable. He lets a younger partner just go do your thing. Like, he... Ekholm had a great comment about Bouchard after the season. You know, he said, you can't restrain a player's strength, you know, like, cause he was, you know, he was kind of asked about Bouchard's risk reward type of thing. And, yep. it, you know, to summarize, like he didn't say he gives the puck away, but he basically said, you know, you can't tell a guy to never try a risky pass because, because Bush, some players can make it. So yep. you got to give them the freedom to make it. And, and maybe Ekholm is going to maybe, uh, give Broberg the, the freedom to be who he's really going to become as an NHLer. Uh, it's a very NHL-heavy lineup for the Oilers tonight, as expected, as we get closer to the end of uh, the preseason here. Reed, what's Jay Woodcroft looking to to see out of his team in these final preseason outings that maybe he hasn't seen throughout training camp? Yeah, I think probably just a little more consistency. Um, I think that they've had some games where I, you know, a couple games they've been overmatched in terms of the lineup. Um, but I think in some games, even when they've had a better lineup, it, it hasn't been a 60-minute game. There have been parts where they've kind of gone to sleep a little bit. Now that could be some veterans who aren't as interested. But they've, they've sort of talked about, you know, it's funny. Everybody thinks, well, you know, here are the Oilers, 32% on the power play. You know, two guys that'll probably be in the top five in scoring again. And, you know, all these other guys but they're really they're really talking about a blue collar work ethic like Woodcroft has mentioned that uh, I think Derek Ryan mentioned it in an interview the other day or along those lines I think that's really that's really what they're they're talking about like just keep up the work ethic don't have any lapses and you know that I think that loss against Vegas is still stinging and I really think they feel to some extent they beat themselves you know portions of games where you know, they allowed a couple goals in succession or or went to sleep defensively for a couple of shifts. So I think 
you know, I think ramping that up here over the final two preseason games will probably be a priority. Uh, what about uh, yourself, Reed? What do you need to ramp up in the preseason to get ready for the regular season? Well, uh, a few things. I, I hope I can fit into my suit tonight. I wasn't <laughs> as active over the summer as I, as I would have liked, so uh, we'll we'll see about that. And then just pacing myself with yeah. the Atlas Pizza. Like you got to try to only do a piece or two per period, <laughs> so you can enjoy it for the entire game. Make sure to send them a text when uh, they're outside of the arena for you, pal. Hey. Oh, I will for sure. You're the best, Reed. Thanks for the time, as always, man. Appreciate it. Okay, see ya. Thank you, Reed Wilkins, joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Host of Inside Sports and Oilers Hockey on 630 Chad in Edmonton. The Flames and the Oilers. Battle of Alberta. Round two of the preseason goes tonight from Edmonton. Looking forward to it. Very NHL-heavy lineup for the Oilers. It's a very young lineup for the Calgary Flames. We'll get more into the Calgary Flames side of things on the other side. It's a big bubble night for a lot of Flames players who are on the fringe of making the roster. Who's in? Who's out? We'll hear about that next. We'll also hear from the head coach on a game day to kick off hour two. This is Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.